Buenos dias. We are going to do it in, in Spanish today. I'm, not, I'm just kidding. No, it is a blessing for us to be back here in Tahlequah. Um, every time that I come, uh, I have to be, keep learning. And the first two years, I couldn't pronunciate something. And, and, and every, oh, a lot of people was living there. And it was Goja Village. You have no idea how hard it is for me to pronounce Goja Village. I mean, I have to kind of like take out my tongue from my brain and pronounce it as a robot because if I try to understand what I'm saying, I, I don't get it. So <laughs> it is my, my Spanish brain problems. I love the name. I like how it sounds, but it's really hard for, for my skills pronunciation. But as I say, it is a blessing to be back. It is a blessing to start catching up uh, with each of you. And I would like to start uh, this uh, sermon with a prayer. So I would ask you to, to pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for uh, this morning. And thank you because in, in your uh, son Jesus, we are one body. And thank you because it uh, doesn't matter where we are. doesn't matter where we're from. In you, we are siblings. And we pray, Lord, that this sermon can be used for you, through your Holy Spirit to put um, encouraging, to put um, changing, to put whatever is needed to, so like we can grow our faith. In the Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank you, Pastor uh, Joe, for the uh, introduction and the opportunity to be uh, sharing here. Um, we are missionaries in Honduras, and I don't know how many of you have been in Latin America, but it is quite a different from, from here in Tahlequah. And if you ever want to go visit us, you are welcome. And, but wherever we are, there is, um, there is always struggles, different scales of struggles and to me it seems like every country and even every generation need, needs to face hard times and and I think from all uh, from my 30 years that I almost have already I never have seen ha have experienced a pandemic and maybe that's the hardest part of my life that I had that I have lived so far, we have lived uh, some other struggles, but a pandemic has seems like really really hard in our country in our economy, and it seems to me like doesn't matter where we where where we are, there is a certain kind of struggle, and I believe, as I say, every generation, every human being, needs to face hard times. And there's only two ways to face hard times. With God or without God. That's simple. And today, I want that we see and that we learn how people normal like us, with desires, with dreams, with sins, face the life with God. And for that, I want to invite you to uh, go to Hebrews chapter 11. 
and one of the songs that we were singing, and it's like, we, were, we are child of God. And what a precious song. I'm no longer, what did what the song say? Can you please help me? I'm no longer a slave of fear. I am a child of God. Amen to that. What a powerful truth. But a child needs to do one thing. And now that I am a dad, I am realizing that. And a child needs to please his or her parents. And if we are a child of God, we need to please over God. In Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse uh, 6, says... And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you know what? That brings me, that brings us a start. Number one, we cannot please the Lord without faith. But Elizabeth knows what I want from her. I want like, She's obedient. I want that she's easygoing, that she takes her nap. But what God wants from me? What God wants from us? Well, in Micah 6, a, 6 uh, ch- chapter 6, verse 8, say like, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what, and what does the Lord require of you? To act, to act justly. To love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Three things. Three things that are really hard. Number one, act justly. Love mercy, number two. And number third, walk humbly with your God. So it's amazing. The Lord already tells us what He is expecting from us. And if we are a child of God, we need to please Him. Not only because he's our father, because also he gave us the biggest favor that is be rescued from our sins. And in Hebrews, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, we see there are 16 people, human like us, living in this earth. And as them, they were living hard times. As them, as, as they, as us, they need to choose live the life with God or without God. And we are going to focus on Abraham. And in the Latin countries, we, we think of Abraham as the father of faith. Because what he did and the way that he did it, he showed us how a human being can be walking with God with faith. And let's read Hebrews 11, verse uh, 8. And he say, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were ears with him of the same promise. 
for he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Abraham, he was doing something that I believe all of us we need to do. He was looking forward for a city and foundations whose architect and builder is God. And you know what? That gives to me I, uh, I thought because I always have thought like the evil is like a magician. A magician always have tricks and when he has uh, a ball in this hand the real trick is happening in the other hand. And the evil wants to always distract us from what it matters. And Abraham was looking forward for a city and foundation whose architect is God. And when we are in this world, when we are living here, and when we are having hard times, the evil will make us to be worried of things that God already take care. The Lord said, like, do not worry about the future. What are you going to eat? I will provide. The Lord already told us, like, every day is going to be more bad every day. But he also told us, like, he's going to be with us every single day until the end of this world. Abraham without having the Bible, he was not only knowing that, he was living that. And in Hebrews, um, verse uh, uh, 13 to 15, in the same chapter, says like, all these people, he was, he's talking about Abraham, Sarah, uh, Jacob, and Isaac. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such a thing show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they would have been thinking of a country that they have left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Abraham was several weeks far from his hometown. And by that time, there were not um, uh, highways that you can go 80 miles in, in, in your highway. You, can you, I don't know if you can see this in your mind, like Abraham in a camel, 80, 80 miles per hour. You know, <laughs> that's, but for sure, it was going to take a little bit of time, or maybe a lot of time, but he was able to return. He was able to say, hey, Sarah, you know what? I'm tired to be living here in tents. I'm tired to be living here. All the sand, you sweep and sweep, and the carpet is always full of sand. The bed is full of sand. I want to back to my home. If he would have wanted to do that, he would have do it. And it's so sad when Christians want to return to their previous life. And I believe all of us as a Christians 
we could return to our life as a sinners. Because sin is so easy. I could back to be doing what I was doing at college. Even if I was a Christian, I was not living a life as a Christian. And praise God that Sarah and Abraham gave us a good example of like, when you are looking forward to God, you just keep going. Because you know, like, you are looking for a city and foundations whose architect is God. And all of us, we know, like, we, we have the same promise. We are living in this world that is not our world, that is not our home, because we belong to heaven. And we are living, as the, as the verse says, like, we are living this promise and receive it from a distance. And why Abraham do this? Why Abraham give us this testimony? Why Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, and all these 16 people, if you have the opportunity to read uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and I want to encourage you to read 10, 11, and 12, you will see normal people that take a stand and live for God. But how can we do that? How can we live as Abraham? How can we live as a child of God that please him? Well, Hebrews 12, verse number 2, give us a master key to use. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And you know what? The sacrifice that Jesus did for us, it won't be ever compared to whatever sacrifice that we have to do as a Christian. The only way to keep living a life focused with God, with faith, is understanding and realizing that what Jesus did is so huge, it's so big that we just need to fail in grateful living for him. My my father in law let us use his his vehicle and in Honduras we don't have AC in the vehicles. And that vehicle has AC. And I'm so thankful. I am so thankful. And he, ha- he is a, um, a mail carrier. And he is, uh, some, often his vehicles are full of dust because in Kansas is a dirt road. And I, I am so thankful that I want to go and wash his car every single day. Even knowing, even if he's telling me all the time, like, hey, Hope, you know, tomorrow the car is going to be look the same or even worse. So don't bother to clean it. But I'm thankful. AC in my vehicle. How can I not be more thankful with God? That there's nobody that can give me that favor. When we realize that, we are able to live 
something that I call a eternal perspective. Because when we live with eternal perspective, the problems that we have on earth, they are not big compared to what is expecting from us in heaven. So how can we keep this perspective? Well, Hebrews 12, verse number 1, give us three steps. Number one, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hinders and the sin that so easy so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith step number one let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles I don't know in English but in Spanish everything means everything Everything is everything. There is a pastor in Honduras that tell, I think it's really, this is big, it's a big truth, that all of us, we have a favorite scene. A scene that we always do, that we constantly fail. And even that scene that you are thinking right now, we need to leave it behind. We need to let it back. As Frozen say, let it go. We need, to, we need to live a life with God, with eternal perspective. And once that you have left that behind, you are ready to run with perseverance that right marked out for you. A runner... And I know that I don't look like a runner, but I promise I used to be a runner. It don't go with a backpack. A runner do not go with loaded with um, a cooler for the for for the trail. Oh, when I get tired, I will have a this coke and, and I just open and the the cooler and I will drink it. How a runner go? How Usain Bolt? goes shorts and shirts tennis shoes and that's it if we don't leave everything behind all over scenes behind we're going to be carrying we are not going to be able to run we are we might we we might be crawling because we are so heavy and i like this part when it says like the run, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I have seen in my, in my personal life with God that he has a plan for each person and he wants that each of us get a struggle in one way because he wants like we grow He's not interested in the first place to bless us. He's interested to make us grow in our faith, in our relationship with him. And I will give you an example of what Jesus is doing in my heart. I used to love movies. 
every single movie that, that get out in, in theaters, I need to go to see it. But I didn't like to pay for, for go to theaters. And I was using internet to watch a pirate uh, version. So I did not pay the, to see the movie, but I, I saw it and it was for free. But then I realized two things. Number one, I was not paying to go to see something, so I was stealing. And number two, the movies always have something that was damaging my relationship with God. There were always events that I shouldn't be watching. And it doesn't matter if it was a movie action, if it was a comedy movie, there were always events that I shouldn't watch or things that I shouldn't hear. So I decide I'm not going to watch movies anymore. And I haven't watched them in a long, long time. But that is the race market out for me. Because the Holy Spirit is telling me, Hope, this is not helping you. And I believe that you have a race market out for you. Because God is an amazing teacher that is always going to teach us the same lesson until we learn it. Until we leave that lesson. And when I have that desire to go and say, like, oh, my goodness. And, and, and please do not take this personal. But when Avengers movies show up, if you saw it, that's great. But I couldn't see it. I couldn't see the Avengers, um, the final game, or I don't, I don't even remember what it's saying. I was like, oh, come on, it's just the last movie. I need to see it. What happened with um, oh, the purple guy? Uh, I was so into that. I just want to know. And I was like telling, tell, what I asked now is like, hey, just tell me what happens in the movie. I just, I realized that I just want to know. I just don't need to see it. But again, that's the race marked out for me. And then he says, like, it was, I was feeling a sacrifice. I was like, oh, I don't, uh, just one movie. <laughs> but when I realized the sacrifice that Jesus did, it was bigger than whatever sacrifice that I can do, it was so easy for me to take a decision and say, you know what? It's a great movie. Someone will come and tell me what it happened eventually. And it was so easy to me to realize, to understand that his sacrifice, his favor was so big, humongous, that I that, that was easy to me to be grateful and show him how grateful I am leaving behind everything. So those are the three steps. Leave everything behind, all the sin that so easily entangles us. Running the race with perseverance that is hard market for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer of faith. But why we have to do that? Well, number one, because we want to please God. If we are God's kids, we want to please Him. But number two, because 
Verse 12 says something. Uh, chapter 12 says something in the first verse. And said like, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great of cloud of witnesses. And now, I used to love social media. But now I am not loving anymore. Because I'm, my witnesses not, are, is not only my family in Honduras. It's not only my neighbors. It's also all, I think I have almost a thousand friends on Facebook. And the cloud of witness is growing. And they are looking what I'm doing. And there is God, the witness number one, looking what I'm doing. And there is only one group of witnesses that I really care more than friends, than supporters, than the church. And it's my family. Because my family knows how I am living. Knows how, if I am a Christian, if I'm truly Christian or not. Another pastor in Honduras says, like, the spouse, or in, in, in his case, his wife was the Holy Spirit in the flesh. Because the wife knows if you're praying, if you're reading the Bible, the wife knows everything about the husband. And that's a big truth. Adrian knows if like Adrian knows how strong is my relationship with God. And I don't want to be living a life of a hypocrite. They come here and, hey, look at what we are doing in Honduras. Look at this project. And then when we return to Honduras, oh, let's, let's have fun. It's not a big deal. God, my wife, my daughter, and then the big cloud of witnesses that each of us has are looking how is our relationship with God. If we are truly Christians, if we are living a life with God, with eternal perspective. So, what happened when a group of people or an individual lives this life, or we live with this perspective? Where, well, let's read, please, um, Hebrews 11. And we, uh, verse number 32, we will see what happened. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Hephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shot the man of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses was turned and strange, and who became powerful in battle and, and, foreign, and, for, and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. What amazing things we can experience as a Christian, as a believers, if we live a life with eternal perspective. But you know what? That's just, that's just half of the truth. Or half of the passage. Because sometimes God will make you to see or do and experience amazing things as a servant, as a Christian. 
living a life with eternal perspective, living a life with faith. But sometimes he lets you suffer. And verse 35, the second part says like, there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced years and flogging and even chains and imprisonment, and they were put in death by stoning. They were sowed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute and persecuted and minstrel. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all com commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. I told you at the beginning that there is only two ways to live this life, with God or without God. And living a life with God Is, a, is, a, is live a life with eternal perspective. And we already saw, like, to please God, we cannot do it without faith. But we don't know what is the path that we are going to see, if we are going to experience big miracles, or we are going to experience suffering. But I will tell you something. There is no suffering bigger than the Jesus that, 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 that the suffering that Jesus had to experience dying in the cross for us. And there is not bigger miracle and amazing thing that receive the eternal life. Either way that you experience amazing things or suffering, remember. Jesus did both. So, what, what do what these people get? What these 16 people that is named here get to be living a life with eternal perspective? I want that we read, please, verse 16. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Verse uh, 26. No, sorry. I'm sorry again. It's 16. My English and Spanish. It says, And instead they were longing for a barren country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. God is not ashamed to be called their God. So that made me question. Is God sometimes ashamed to be called God of some Christians? And when I read these bears, I said like, Oh Lord. Please help me. So like you never are ashamed to be called the God of Job. I pursue that. 
And to conclude in this uh, sermon, I want that we think in three questions. Please answer it in your mind. Number one, what is the opinion of the witnesses had about me as a Christian? What is my family, my spouse, my kids think about me as a Christian? Number two, am I living with eternal perspective with faith in every single part of my life? And number three, is God ashamed to be called my God? And if there is something to fix, let us follow the steps. Step number one, leave behind everything that seems that so easily entangle us. Number two, run with perseverance the race marked out for each single of us. And number three, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, because you one day give us the biggest favor, the biggest favor that we cannot, still cannot comprehend. How the Lord of the universe, the owner of everything, came to the earth to rescue us. So please, Lord, help us daily to be living a life that honors you, to live a life for you. So like that, you are not ashamed to be called over God. Help us to live all the sin that so easily entangles us. Everything that easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race that you have marked out for each of us. In the Jesus' name, amen.